morning, everyone, and welcome back to episode five of season two of the Broker Breakdown with myself and Mike. Today, we are super excited because we have another guest on the podcast, um, a guest that I am very excited to have on. Um, we've, I mean, this guest have worked together, I think, for about a year now. Um, but again, what she does on social media is very intriguing. And again, uh, we'll kind of leave all of her links in the bios uh, of this episode so you guys can check her out. But welcome, Kim Pham, to the episode. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to jump on with you both today. Um, I guess I will introduce myself quickly to your audience. So my name's Kim. Um, I work at Forest City Mazda in London, Ontario. It's a uh, solely a Mazda dealer. We carry uh, pre-owned, uh, pre-owned uh, vehicles as well. I've been in the industry for about three years now. I actually was a financial advisor at Scotiabank previously, and my uh, my switch was because I wanted to, I wanted a bit more challenge, a bit more creativity in the day to day life. Financial advising taught me a lot, which I was able to carry into the current roles I have now. I actually made the switch uh, right before COVID, so it was a pretty interesting transition because I went from salary to one hundred percent commission. So. That was always a lot of fun, but I actually I've had the role of uh, finance as well as our BDC. Now I'm a uh, full time uh, automotive uh, sales consultant, and I've been doing so for about a year now. Very nice. And we also found out Kim is uh, starting up a, a dog shelter at her home. So if yeah. you guys need <laughs> if you guys need any dog shelter services, she's uh, willing to take on more dogs. Yeah, we don't have children, so we're happy to, to dog sit. <laughs> and uh, right now in the house. Hopefully, uh, the uh, London or what's it? The bylaws don't come knocking my door, but we're do- dog sitting. A, uh, a noise maybe. complaints. Yeah, no, they're pretty. They're pretty good. We've got uh, three poodles. We just picked up a teacup poodle last night, and uh, we're babies dog sitting a uh, King Corso. <laughs> so nice. He's not horse size yet, but he's getting there. Mike, I don't. Know, I actually never asked you this, Mike. Do you have dogs? No, no. Fam, the family does. I uh, personally do not. Um, Solely for the fact that uh, me and my wife have cats in the house, but I am a dog oh, person. You're a, I just, cat, you're a cat guy. You know what though? I'm I'm also allergic to like all animals. Oh, so oh, like, you're that. As, you're yeah. that. You're that's like my girlfriend's dad. He's she's like he's like allergic to the animals, but like he's just like ah, oh, I guess I'll have to have them in the house. Yeah, Mike. Wouldn't you, <laughs> wouldn't you be allergic to the cat as well though? No, I, th- yeah, exactly. So when, <laughs> when, He's allergic to the cat. <laughs> so when I first, when we, when when we first like got, we got this new cat like back when when we first started dating, and I remember I, I like was getting, like I was like really have a t- like a tough time breathing, and the doctor actually told me at the time it was funny. He said, you know, you you clearly have like asthma as a result of this allergy induced like a cat basically, and and so I had to, he basically said it's either two things. He was so blunt, I'll never forget. It. He said. You either have to get rid of the girlfriend or get rid of the cat, and it was and, and obviously neither one of those things has transpired. So all I've done well, is you, you um, technically got rid of the girlfriend. Well, mar- yeah, married, right? Yeah. So you, now it's uh, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Now it's uh, a full time thing, but no, you know what? I just uh, powered through it, and uh, apparently the body is an amazing, you know, amazing You're thing where you can just yeah, yeah exactly. It, it it took me a few months though to be fair, where you'd like. You know, struggle breathing at nighttime, which I think the average person would never, um, you know, you wouldn't wouldn't prolong that. You kind of just get rid of the cat. But needless to say, that is not the case. It wasn't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it was more so if I get rid of the cat, I'm getting rid of the girlfriend. 
And at that at that time, <laughs> yeah. we never, it wasn't even a conversation. It just obviously didn't it didn't happen, right? Yep, that makes complete sense. That's funny. Um, yeah, kind of moving into things, uh, Kim. Obviously, working at Mazda and seeing other dealers and other kind of manufacturers kind of move into this direction, but do you is there any kind of plan for Mazda to kind of start moving into electric vehicles at this given moment? Yeah, actually, uh, believe it or not, it's uh, in coincidence, but the Mazda Canada just we released our uh, CX ninety reveal. So the CX-90 is the going to be the most powerful and first hybrid model that Mazda will be releasing um, for North America. It's based off of the uh, CX-9, which we currently have. It's a three-row mid-size SUV. And we've been, it's a, been a long wait for this because it's our, you know, our first hybrid and they redesigned the CX, uh, the CX-9. So the CX-9 is going to get phased out. CX-90 is set to be, we have demonstration units setting landing sometime in spring so let's call it like may i mean maybe even june early yeah. summer because <laughs> everything has been delayed so uh always be aware of that but we should keep those time frames uh yeah the timeline's <laughs> a little bit off but we're, we're yeah we're optimistic but yeah so it's the cx90 super exciting if uh anybody wants to see what it looks like they uh they've redesigned it it's, it's beautiful it's powerful it offers a uh it's they're bringing back this, uh, not bringing it back, but it's the inline six engine. Um, so we generally have a, a four cylinder, 2.5 liter engine. This is now the inline six. It's a new, it's supposed to bat basically the idea is that it reduces the engine vibration when you're driving, but it's a much more powerful engine. We're offering it at, I believe it's 3.6 liters at uh, premium fuel. It's 340 horsepower. It's going to seat up to eight. It also has the uh, plug-in option as well. So we're super excited to see more details roll out from that. But what's really neat is obviously being on YouTube, you can actually uh, look up reviews. And a lot of people in the States right now have been able to get their hands on a few. And it's been uh, it's been received really well across the board. So we're excited to uh, get a demonstration in it and start plugging in some orders for the spring. When you say YouTube, yeah. um, we are actually on YouTube now. So if you guys haven't checked it out, definitely go to our YouTube channel, The Broker Breakdown. Subscribe. Um, just another avenue that we can kind of post this stuff uh, to our viewers and whatnot. But um, yeah, I know um, I know. kind of talking to other people in the industry, they say the same thing. Like they, like a lot of their customers are, are kind of moving in that direction of wanting to have an EV. So is that are you guys already kind of getting that? Like are you getting that yeah. right now where like people come in and they're like, do you guys have EVs or like, can we like, do you, are there plans to kind of get that? Yeah. So from a personal perspective right now, um, believe Mazda did actually release the MX 30, but it was a quiet release. Personally, when I, when I look at the EV models, um, our, our current infrastructure doesn't fully support it. Right. So we're that adjustments we're we're slowly adjusting as a, an economy and as a, and what it is, is that they released the MX-30, uh, MX-30, which was fully electric, and it was smaller than your standard size SUV. However, there were some glitches, so they had to kind of reboot that. And uh, it's not as well received as the CX-90 has been. So when it comes to EV as well, and this is something I hear every day with conversations with customers, is number one, obviously, with the shortage of inventory, you can't get your hands on an electric, uh, fully electric for at least a year, if you're ordering one, somewhere between eight to eight months to a year, and that that the technology is still, it's still it's there's so much evolution, right? So what it is, I, I have heard up and downs. I'm sure you guys heard about that article with uh, that vehicle Tesla, right? 
Um, it was on autopilot and it caused like a seven car pileup, right? So there's just, there's glitches here and there. What I've been actually coaching, not coaching, but some of my customers, if they can't wait a year out for the EV and they want to wait till some more changes are made, I've actually said, mentioned the customers, whether it's with me or with another dealer manufacturer that they consider leasing, lease for two to three years, wait, wait to see how the market plays out, wait to see the changes that are made with technology. And in three years time, I'm hoping that the market returns to a, uh, to, to normal inventory levels, but then the access of uh, fully EV vehicles are they're 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 well developed, right? Instead of testing the water so soon, it's like for myself, if I'm I'm interested in ordering the CX90, I'll probably lease it for the first three years, right? Um, because when you're releasing a new model, there's always things to to have worked on. I just took a quick look too, Kim, because I didn't yeah. obviously know it until you mentioned it. Yeah. but I was just googling it and. It's a beautiful looking the vehicle. CX90, the CX ninety, right? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. It's being compared to, uh, you know, it's it's being compared to BMW. Um, Mazda's always tried to compete with Lexus and Acura, believe it or not. But uh, a lot of people are comparing it as like uh, the most affordable luxury midsize SUV. So they've done a really, really good job. Um, they've released the first, uh, the newest color. You'll see it. It's the artisan red. It's like a dark burgundy. It looks like a dark black cherry in shadows. But when the light hits it, it's got a nice uh, light. Oh, don't mind the. There's, there's one of your dogs. Okay, you go. Sorry, guys. Yeah, J- no, that's okay. You take you take you take care of them. That's what um, happens when you have like a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's okay. James, I was gonna I was gonna say too here, like like just looking at it too, like the, oh, the no, style and everything. It's the yeah. I looked at the red. Um, I the think red. I got a picture of what that color mm-hmm. that Kim was mentioning. Yep. Yeah, and it's like man, almost like. It, it's you know nice. what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like a nice, like crisp, like red wine. You know what? Someone said that it was like a Merlot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love the uh, I love the words or the the adjectives are coming out describing it and like how people are creating those emotional connections. Maz has always been a huge believer of you know the driving experience itself, right? Um, it's one thing to design such a high performance vehicle, but, uh, it's, they have always been able to carry a beautiful design amongst all the vehicles from the Mazda 3 all the way up to the CX-9. And, uh, it comes with performance, but overall they do a great job. Like when you sit inside the vehicles, any of the Mazda vehicles, uh, in comparison to the other manufacturers, like they're all about, uh, the touch. Like we have, we're all about soft touch. So all the parts inside Mazda, even when it comes to the doors and the dash and things like that, soft touch buttons, everything is very intuitive. So Mazda is really neat. And it's just with what they call the, I believe it's pronounced. Oh God, they're going to, my, <laughs> I think it's pronounced Kodo design. <laughs> I should yeah, know I'm, this, I'm but, reading that here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So. It's 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 the the EV market's an, an interesting market. And yeah, customers are eager, but you know it's it's the wait time, right? And at first, the idea of waiting a year is is ideal. But I have customers that have come in and they've have they have I think it's a Toyota Rav Four right now. That's a two year wait. And right, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's a Toyota Rav Four, and it's the uh, the hybrid or the electric model. It's a two year wait. So then I have customers coming in and buying something in, in the meantime. So. It's definitely an interesting time to to purchase. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah it, it, we've noticed too. Like, I mean, just talking about the wait times, as you were saying. Yeah. And this is the thing that we've noticed through how it affects us on the insurance side mm-hmm. is that you know if someone has like a claim, for example, and is looking at buying a new vehicle, mm-hmm. inventory is massive, right? So whatever dealerships have available, um, or or maybe not available too, right? I guess is the one talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you're in a claim, you can't wait. You know, sometimes six eight 
uh, five months for a vehicle, right? It's all depending on like yep. what your household's like and do you need a vehicle every day or you don't or all those things come into play when, when we talk to clients about, yeah. about what they need. Yeah. I, to, to speak on that point, it's funny. I have a customer right now who's in, who's in a sticky situation. So um, just a bit of, I guess, education in terms of how leasing and financing works. The interest rates that are set by Mazda Canada and Scotiabank, they change on a monthly basis. And that's kind of, a, I guess it's more of a selling factor. So for example, January, a seven-year finance was 6.7%. Believe it or not, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> but yeah, close to 7% to finance a brand new vehicle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. That, but that's, that is what it is it right is now, right? That's- yeah. So essentially I have a customer who inquired, he's like, I really want a brand new vehicle. I just, I believe I wrote off it. He was in an accident on Saturday but he's waiting to hear back from the insurance company. And it's that turnover time of when the insurance company deems that it's a write-off because he wanted to secure that, you know, the rate in the vehicle, but he can't commit because he's unsure. So it's almost like it's it's a race to the finish. So I said to him, I've got two vehicles for you, but you've got to decide this month if you want to lock down this rate. He's like, well, I, I can't decide. And um, it's, it's, a, it's tough right now. So a lot of, uh, the shock for a lot of customers is not knowing where we are with new inventory. Right. 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 Is that still, is that still an issue that you guys are finding? Yep. Like I know like through COVID and stuff, that was obviously like a big thing. Like if I was driving by dealerships and whatnot, mm-hmm. like everything was like empty. Like it was like a ghost town. Like I, I almost felt like some dealerships like closed down because I was like, there's no way that they don't have yeah. nothing on this lot. So are you guys still kind of having e- struggles like that? Like, has it gotten better or like, is it? <laughs> so what it is, is that we've pivoted and uh, we, what we've done at our dealership is we have accumulated and, and acquired a large, we have over 60 to 70 pieces of pre-owned inventory and the pre-owned inventory ranges from anything from 2015 to 2023. Like we are buying everything because right now the thing is if you can't buy a new car and if you just rode off your vehicle or your vehicle just died, you are not in the position to wait as much as you want to, right? So we're pivoting to more having that that mindset of being a pre-owned dealership when it comes to new inventory. So at our, our dealership, we have, we are lucky and we have kept one model of each vehicle, right? for a test drive. So if you come in, you're like, I like the CX-30, I like the CX-5, I want to compare the two. I've got both for you to test drive. I've got, and then that way you're able to touch, feel, see the vehicle and place your order based on that. Yeah, that's a smart move. So uh, during, uh, it's it's weird, we get waves. So during uh, December to January, we had about 25 units get dropped off at our dealership that we were available to sell brand new. But right now I don't have anything. Like if you came in, James, and you said, I want to buy a brand new Mazda 3, I, you'd have to place a factory order. And the factory order can range from six to 10 months, depending on the model that you're getting. So, And that's relatively the same with other manufacturers when I speak to my customers about our competitors. Um, yeah. There are, Mazda still continues to try, in all manufacturers, they continue to try and send us out um, like a set am- amount of allocated units. But I have like, I'm on top of my cl- customers and I'm like, I know exactly what they want. If I see that car come in before it even, it even comes to the dealership, I've got someone's name on it and a deposit. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's basically sold before it even like, lands. yeah, if I, if I hear wins, like, I'm just like, okay, uh, my customer wants this vehicle. Let's do up the numbers and let's lock this down. But yeah, it's, we're still, I don't think that we're going to return to regular inventories at least for another year. Um, like it's, it's tough, right? So I, I just, uh, I, I feel for some of the customers that, you know, aren't in the position to purchase 
a brand new vehicle or sorry, a new vehicle, whether it be new or used, but, uh, it's, it's one thing is just, it's that shock. It's, it's the interest rates and the inventory, right? So you made a good point there and you said, you don't know if you'll ever go back to how it was prior. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of an, another conversation I've had with a lot of my other dealers mm-hmm. is, do you ever think it's going to get to that point? Because a lot of people in the dealer world is almost, they said, you know what, this almost puts the power back into the dealership yep. because then they are the ones that are basically like pulling the strings with the deals because they can basically set prices and the prices are really not going to change. And then the factory orders and they don't have to keep stock. So then they, they, they're not basically losing money mm-hmm. on a car sitting there for like six to eight months where they can just order stuff as people want it. So do you think that that's kind of how it's going to go? Like it's going to basically going to go the way of like, you know what? Like, yes, you can test drive it, but there's going to be now like most orders or most deals now are going to be like factory orders. Yeah, it's I have to I have to admit and it's pretty uh, it's clear like it's 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 black and white right now. The automotive industry, the deals are in favor of the manufacturers. I before COVID, you know, we had on average, we had about 50 brand new cars, like on our lot in the back, right? So if you walked in, I could give you a choice of like three to five Mazda three, right? And at that, we were in a position where there was room for negotiation, right? I've had this car for, let's say way too long now because of the color, let's, you know, there'd be room for a discount. So to give you guys an idea of where I'm at the last year that I've that it's been happening and what I've seen even after COVID, we haven't had to discount a brand new vehicle in the last, ever since COVID hit after like after we came back if that makes sense yeah so we sell at msrp we don't we don't set any higher premiums we sell at the man uh, manufacturer suggested retail pricing and that's that it doesn't go anything above and it doesn't really go below that either and it's because i i say to my customers i just we're, we're negotiating on a vehicle that's not even built right so yeah you know what I, I don't think that's a bad thing kim for you guys either mm-hmm. like and, and, I, and i said that as an industry in, st- in general because Right now, we've we've got the supply and demand issues right, right. Uh, across the board for every. So it's not like it's like a specific brand or manufacturer or dealership. It's kind of just that's mm-hmm. that's the the way the landscape is right now yep. moving forward, right? So it's certainly. I mean, if the whole industry would have to shift again, like you know, when you go through like cyclical these cycles yep. where it's supply and demand, yep. everybody across the board would have to say, okay, you know, every manufacturer has got a hundred cars in the lot. Somebody, the supply. Um, the client wants to buy it and be able to take it off the lot delivered within like two days, right, right? Right. But that's a consumer saying that, which makes you guys have to get more. If that doesn't come back from us mm-hmm. as clients, mm-hmm. then there's no reason to have to have the hundred the hundred cars sitting there, yep. right? It, we just kind of shifted. I think. I think COVID has exposed um, us as clients and what our needs are sometimes and our wants. And the wants are the reality is that when we want a vehicle, we're willing to put money down and wait for it. So mm-hmm. why? I mean. That's just what we're seeing. Yep, it's, and you know what? If you want, if you ask me honestly, do I want the inventory levels to return back to normal? Of course, I do. I, as a salesperson, it's it's difficult, right? Because the orders that we write, they're they're just contracts. There's, you know, in right. in, in in a bit of a, I guess uh, this is another perception. But as a what as a commission salesperson, I don't see any of that like until the actual vehicles here. So in a month, I could technically sign eighteen contracts, which is amazing on paper, but I don't see any of it until the vehicles come in, right? Which which is fine because, you know, we manage, but it's an interesting time. And I hope, I think maybe in two or three years, that would be nice. But that's me as a salesperson saying that. Um, and right. speaking <laughs> right. at, uh, on behalf of consumers, because I know like a lot of my customers would 
you know, they, it still shocks them. So it's, uh, I've, I've, I've more so been, I feel like a teacher than a uh, sales consultant in the last year. So it's educating customers, guiding them through navigating today's market. Yeah. That's what we do on a daily basis. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, literally I, all we do. If we yeah, we have, yeah. mitiga- we have mitigation Mike here. So it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's literally his job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love that. I mean, like you said, just educating people, giving as much insight and as mm-hmm. much info as possible. And then that separates you from hopefully other sales reps as well, right? 100%. Whether they're at different dealerships or even the same. I mean, Mazda as well, but, but at a different lot, right? Maybe you're the one that then they want to use and go to, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's. I think that uh, having full transparency in this in this time is super important, very important. Like I, I the advice I can give to any customers, your customers, my customers, anyone listening is if you're going into the dealership, you got to ask yourself one thing, can you wait or do you need the vehicle? Because if you can wait, don't even look at a pre-owned vehicle, pricing on the pre-owned vehicles is going to blow your socks off. You're not going to be able to digest it. And it's just, uh, it's, it's just easy. If you could wait, then wait it out because the interest rates are much lower. The pricing makes more sense. However, if you can't, then you're going to look at pre-owned, right? And that just saves you time. It saves everybody time. And it just takes the stress out of trying to look at two and, you know, overwhelming oneself and always ask your salesperson. So I've noticed, I've, uh, I've noticed a lot of other manufacturers where I more so dealerships for certain sales consultants. It's, paying attention to things like, you know, is your interest rate guaranteed? What's going on with your trade value? Is that something that they're going to reevaluate when the car comes in? Also updates from your sales consultant, you know, you said this timeline, when am I going to expect, you know, updates? And that kind of reassures the customer. So even if I don't have any good news for my customers, like if I don't have an ETA, I just said, hey, you're still in the queue. Hope you're doing well. Like I'm thinking of you. Like I know you just wrote, you know, you're trying to buy a car for $50,000. You haven't been forgotten, right? So it's just trying to make it exciting and carrying on that th- throughout the whole the waiting time because it can be as long as six months to to ten months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the one thing too that's super interesting. I know you mentioned earlier. I I wrote down a little note, but I wanted to get back to it. Having like those other cars, like you were saying, like you said, there was some pre owned that you guys you guys just have on the lot too to keep around in case someone needs that kim that i, that no, I get no, that no, right like, so with its new vehicles so it's i have okay. yeah i have i have one i have one brand new vehicle of each model in my lineup to in, in order to showcase to my customers so should they decide to they want to order it right they can what and what right. i was saying in regards to pre-owned inventory is that we are my my vehicle acquisition manager he's been acquiring even for example, you guys have heard of, probably have heard of the CX fifty. It was just released last year. I have someone, right? You know, I have a twenty twenty three CX fifty that only has fifteen thousand kilometers on it, right? Literally, is brand it's, new, right? It's just you know, depending on how you're buying it, that's gonna that's kind of kind of it confuses a lot of customers. But we have vehicles. It's just whether or not you want. It's it's just digesting, right? The price, right? So sure. Sure. No, but what I like though about that and, and the fact that you guys have, have taken a stance, I'm not sure if that's, I guess every dealership can, can make their own, take their own stance on that if it's, if they choose to. But what's great for the client is that if they come in, in like that claim scenario or they're in a rush mm-hmm. and they still want to support the dealership directly, mm-hmm. I mean, you maybe have other options that other dealerships wouldn't have, for example, mm-hmm. if you're not bringing vehicles mm-hmm. in, like even the pre-owned ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. We try to, we try to I, make, sorry, right? go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. I was, I, I was a little done. I was just going to say though, but that's that's amazing because then it's it gives people a choice 
versus just saying, hey, it's going to be that six or eight months, right? It's saying we do have something on the lot. You know, it's it's last year, but it's got 50, 50K on it. Yeah. Maybe that's something they need in that in that time period. Yeah, it's it's where a lot of the the hard the hurt the consumers that are in the tougher spots, like I said, are the ones that are in, like my current customer. He doesn't know if he's going to be needing a new vehicle or if it's going to be deemed a write off, right? Because there's a turnover time and there's nothing you can do about it, right? And that's the insurance end on on your guys' end. So it's it's interesting, but like I said, just trying to make it's not so much a high sales pressured environment anymore when you walk into a dealership. It's honestly like what's going on and like your salesperson should, you know, educate you and like I said, guide you through it because it's it's we're not there's nothing I'm trying to do to, you know, um persuade, convince, or deceive any of my customers. It's it's black and white, right? Um so it's it's a different it's definitely a different atmosphere and I think I like it a little better because it's not as it's not as uh, high pressure, right? Sure, sure. It's just the reality and you're kind of selling yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you can sell Kim to someone and maybe they leave the dealership and it's not a sale, but they say, ah, oh, you know what? She was so honest and this is the timeline and this is what I learned that I didn't know from somebody else. Those are the things like that we always talk about and for insurance that separate us from you know the the literally thousands of brokers oh, yeah. every every other it's, day. Uh, it's just genuinely caring. I find it, and I know what you mean. I, I, I say to my customers, even if you don't buy with me, these are the things that you should just look out for. And I find that that type of honesty and that transparency as a uh, as a salesperson, right, really, it goes a long way because that individual may not purchase from me because they might like, let's say, the RAV4 over my CX-5. However, if they right. have a friend or a family, you know, referrals are, referrals are what keeps business going, right? So... It's sure. just uh, make don't don't ever burn any bridges, right? You never know. Just uh, always uh always be a kind person. That's that's the best way to put it. Totally. And we got to like for in the insurance perspective, there's um most insurance companies, and I say most just because maybe there's some that doesn't, but the majority of them offer like that vehicle replacement coverage. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple of different terms in our mm-hmm. business, but it's it's kind of there to hopefully ensure that the insurance company provides the proper payout. Right in the event of a total loss on that new vehicle, whether, and, and the interesting thing is it it's, it's different between companies. Mm-hmm. Some will give up to two years, 24 months, some will get up to five years. So, I mean, a total of 60 months. So that's going to help significantly if they get that claims check back from insurance, they want to come back to you and say, you know, here's the proper bill of sale value, yep. for example. Right. No, that's the, so, uh, we've referred to that as a guaranteed asset protection and uh, I know you'll probably, you guys probably find, we offered at the dealership as well, but ours is a little bit different compared to yours. I think yours, um, right. don't want to buy, I don't want to shoot my own foot, but it might just be more cost effective depending if you go, depending on the policy, right? The difference with ours is that we right. cover the entirety of the loan um, to right. the term. Yes. Yeah. It, and this is, there are differences and this, yep. it's a good talking point between us on the insurance and you guys at dealerships because ours is really for ensuring the client just gets the proper payout for insurance. Right. It's not really about the financing. Yep. That's that's more for, for your coverage and what's being available from the dealership mm-hmm. side. Ours is just saying, if you bought the vehicle at 50 grand yep. and two years later, you know, market value is, let's say, I don't know, 25. Let's just throw a number right. out there. If it's only 25, but you still owe you know, 35 or 40 on the vehicle, which you more than likely mm-hmm. will after two mm-hmm. years, we, the, the bill of sale. So what the MSRP is, what you actually paid for it, 
you should get a proper payout. And then you can go back to the dealership and say, this is what I'm getting from insurance. How can I utilize that to pay off whatever I owe and then get into a new vehicle? For example. Yep. So yeah, and that's where yeah, and that's where the gap it differs, right? So it depending on each situation yes. and what kind of vehicle you're buying, I would always suggest checking uh checking both options, right? Yes. And there's a there's always joining it by your insurance company and getting the breakdown. And what I like about you guys listening to your podcast is that you, the lingo that you use is easy for the regular consumer, right? Breaking it down, right? Because right? it, it can be people don't understand that and just breaking it down, making it uh, simple English, right? Because that's something that I think every, anybody should have literally. I have it on my vehicle. I have it on my vehicle. Like if you don't, no one owns their vehicle. So like I always, yeah. Right. If you don't own yep. it, you should protect the loan or protect the vehicle one way, one way or another, because you never know it's, when it's going to happen. I've never been in an accident. Yeah. Knock on wood, but uh, <laughs> you just never know. And that's what insurance is there for we we hope we hope you never yeah, are. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you, we we've all made good points about education. That's kind of moving into our next topic. Um, I know me and Kim have talked about it in the past, and when I sat down with her last time, it was a big talking point. But um, kind of like what you do on social media for me, it like really intrigues me what you've done. And the funny thing is, is when I was there last, like before Christmas time, you actually said to me that you actually weren't always comfortable doing social media, what yeah. you what you do with your videos and stuff. So kind of kind of talk to us about a little bit about that, like how you kind of got into that, like how it's kind of grown your yeah. business. So I uh I every okay, we all know our generation, we might have missed we might have missed it, but we let's be honest, like the internet era, we grew up in the internet era, but then the social media, TikTok and the way the internet, the way the videos spread and are shared, social media in this generation is insane. People that don't even, haven't even finished high school are making millions, right? Because it's all about what we see on our phones and day to day. So I thought, you know, social media is something that our dealership, like I have to say, like completely lacked presence of, right? Um, a lot of dealerships weren't really hopping on that train. So I thought, how can you connect with customers? Sales is a relationship building atmosphere. That's what it is. Being able to sell is being able to build a relationship. So I thought, you know, why don't I start? It, it was scary because um, it's just putting yourself out there. So I started my Instagram account last February. And I remember I was like, I, I'm so nervous. How do I edit reels? Because ta- you have to learn how to edit your videos, right? To make them enjoyable to watch. And how do I record? How do I sound? Like we're as human beings, we're so skeptical. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I've seen some really horrible videos. And I just started one. I really like the feedback. Started another, and then I just realized that people, my social media presence. So to give you guys an idea, I don't get met much for lead generation. I probably in the last year I've had it, I maybe have had five leads total from my Instagram account. What my Instagram account does for me is that it allows me to meet my future customers without them being in the dealership. So it allows them to, it's breaking the ice. They can see what they're coming in, what they're expecting, because the unknown is scary for anybody. If you hop on our dealership website and you were to be able to see the videos, you're more, people are more comfortable with people that they're familiar with. And that's what my goal is, right? And not only is it to, you know, to win your business before you even walk in or at least win the opportunity to do so. It's to also educate my customers. I also want a different type of content, right? Everybody knows, like, not to not to chirp anybody else that currently does this because, you know, instead of just posting, you know, photos of their customers and, like, cars and the specs below, 
you know, we scroll through that. I wanted it to be different. I, I know that if I was going to do this, I wanted to make a, I wanted to make it count. So I thought, how can I make content that people want to watch? And so one of what you guys will see on my account will essentially be the, uh, I love getting my customers to, uh, it's the transition where they are picking up a vehicle. So they're standing in front of nothing or their old vehicle, and then they cover the camera and then bam, they're in front of their new vehicle. And uh, it's so much fun doing that with my customers. It creates so much more excitement on the delivery day. And other people love seeing that, like a video speaks so much more than a photo, right? So you know what? It, it, there was there was a couple things that I loved. Yeah, for yeah. one, the transition it it brings a little bit of element of fun yeah. to it. So like the client then is then part of that experience and they, and they enjoy it. But it's also, I think, the video aspect and one thing you've you've done well is it's it's personality, mm-hmm. right? It it tells more about who mm-hmm. Kim is versus like you were saying with photos, mm-hmm. you could have the traditional sales of a vehicle and like a handshake, yep. whatever it is. But I think. And again, this is this is just my perspective. Sure. It's not to say it's yeah. wrong, but I think that it's it's in the past it's kind of the old fashioned way, but it, it doesn't necessarily say a lot. Like you could say there's the photo and afterwards does it go back to being like that traditional just like mm-hmm. sales. Whereas video is like it's your personal brand, it's that personality you're trying to get across. It shows like future clients you're actually a real yep. human, not just you know like you know what I mean? It's all these elements of like that personal yep. brand that we, we, we need, I think us as consumers now, we need this for everything, whether it's insurance or cars or, or anything else. Their video has really opened up a whole other yeah, avenue. You, you just us. want to know who you're dealing with. And like, as a salesperson, how many, there's so many sales consult. Like I was dealing, I'm, I'm on a team with four other guys and another, um, just a coworker of mine. She's there. I, how do I set myself apart? Why, why should you buy from me versus them? And, you know, I just want to just be put on that map and it's just it's not for the fame or anything like that but it's generally like you really gotta why why should you buy from kim instead of buying from so and so and so and so right so it's not just oh you'll get to be on my social media but you can see carrying through on my instagram as well i always like to educate my customers things that you didn't know things about getting a pre-approval things about the current market you know, it's just being able to connect with your customers. And like I said, it's, you'll, you'd rather deal with someone you kind of know versus someone that you don't know at all. And this is a way of me connecting with my future customers. So it's, it's been well received so far. And I think generally people do enjoy it. Mind you, the editing is a skill that I've learned to master. It is self-taught. I have to say, if you guys ever want to learn anything in the world, go on YouTube, go on TikTok. That's, that's why it's this, the internet generation is so amazing. Like i people are like, where did you learn how to edit that way? I'm like, I just, I went on YouTube (laughs) and then very true. It's not, it's It's not not easy. easy. I'll tell you, it's not easy. It's time consuming, but I have a knack for it. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, if if you want to learn anything, you can learn anything on YouTube, but it's uh, honestly, like I said, sales is about building relationships. And I continue to, I have customers that will message me, you know, three months after they pick up, they're like, Kim, my battery's dead. I'm like, okay, where are you? (laughs) I just like, it's just, it's just constant. People are, they like to message on social media a lot easier than they do let's say your personal phone, right? It's not as invasive. Yeah. Right. Right. That's a huge, that's a huge element too of that. Again, that it's almost that personal touch. Whereas I think the old, uh, the way that like the whole call center type environment, mm-hmm. right? Where you're after you do like a sale, for example, especially in our business, you call into like that kind of queue mm-hmm. system. Um, it, it works for some, but it doesn't for a lot of others. Right. So it depends on like what you're, what type of client you're 
you're trying to attract in a sense. Because if, if people love dealing mm-hmm. with Kim and that's the reason why they come to Mazda, yeah, maybe they want to text you or, or do it through Instagram. You know what I mean? Instead of it being like, you got to call the landline number at the dealership yeah, for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's just less people like being comfortable, right? That's what our phones have allowed us to do. And I think no matter what industry you're in, like I've just, every industry, it's the same thing. We all have to deal with consumers and how do you get to consumers slash your customers, right? So Number one, it's being approachable and have, making sure your customers feel comfortable. But yeah, it's just knowing, kind of knowing how the human brain works and understanding what would I want for myself, right? Um, no matter what industry, the insurance industry, but even if you're an entrepreneur, you're a real estate agent, anything like that. Like I know I'm speaking things that kind of have been said before, but it's it's just so imperative um, to set yourself different from others, but be genuine and, and be natural, right? Like I, I believe it or not, like I am as quirky and um, loud or what, not really loud. That's not a great way to describe myself, <laughs> but you know, just being down to earth, but just being, putting yourself out there, right? Cause people, someone will res- like I, a lot of people have res- like, you know, good for you, Kim. It's, it's not easy because people can, there are internet bullies and there are people that can, you know, um, make comments that you don't really like, but you just got to stay positive and, Taking away, if yeah, anybody wants to check it out, it's um, I think James, you're going to mention that you'll link it, but it's cruising with Kimmy, and Kimmy is spelled K I I M M Y. Um, but I'm also open if you guys ever need any advice or any pointers, I'm happy to help. I'd be well, you guys are a little bit far away, but anybody in London, Ontario, I'd be happy to swing by to show you how I just simply put together a reel because I think helping others succeed is is important to who you are as well, and just helps that overall aspect. Oh, and then that is literally why that I picked the people that I picked to work with is because, mm-hmm. again, like they educate and you like you said, you want to familiarize yourself with someone again, like I don't want to put the trust of my clients in someone that again, I can't mm-hmm. call and bounce ideas mm-hmm. off of, or they have no personality, right? That's kind of why I gravitated towards you because every conversation that we've had in the past when I've come to London, or even if we've been on yep. the phone or whatever, it's been great conversation. And again, I'm like, you know what, like mm-hmm. my clients, are going like, will I can put all my trust that if I send a mm-hmm. client to Kim, I know 110% that my client's going to mm-hmm. be dealt with is going to have the ut- utmost respect in the pr- buying process. And again, like I know she's not going to come in and, and do all like the scummy salesperson kind of role of buy, buy from here because I'm the best and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be the education side of things. And like I said, I I love what you're doing on social media. And like I said, you have to familiarize yourself with people. Because again, I would rather go to someone that I know, even if it's on social media, you always think you right. know that person. Like you follow that person. You're like, you know what? I almost like feel like we've met in person. No, but you never yeah. have. So again, like as a, as a c- consumer myself, I would rather go to that person because you, I go, you know what? I see this person post all the time and I, I feel like I have a connection in this person because I see what they're posting basically every single day. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's based on connection, but yeah, it's helping your customers. And like I said, James, like I even, even with my friends and family that refer customers to me, I'm going to lay it all out. If I can help you, this I'm going to help you the best I can. But if I can't, that's completely fine. Let me see how I can direct you to where you know you can actually get help. I myself have referred... Like I have a friend that works at a uh, high-end dealership in London, and when I find out, you know, she's not a huge fan of the uh, of the master brand, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to high-end." I like, you know, 
good karma, right? I said, you know what, please go see so-and-so. She's a good friend of mine. And it just, it, it comes back, right? It comes back full circle. So I think having that mindset is, uh, it's also practicing that it's going to be good energy for 2023. And I think that if the more that people put their best foot forward, the better the whole world will be eventually, right? Exactly. Great, great kind of way to summarize and kind of finish up the episode again good karma for 2023 and again i think uh for me my in mike here I, we appreciate you coming on taking the last basically hour of your time to kind of talk to us about what's going on in the market especially with mazda and then obviously what you're doing to kind of familiarize yourself with your clients and whatnot but again no we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and kind of give us some insight and what's going on on the outside of the insurance yeah no it's been fun i appreciate you guys inviting me on here and uh yeah i'd be happy to jump on and maybe when we have another conversation when things change again but i'm always happy to uh to join the party here so thank you so much again guys for having me yeah, we'd love yeah. to have you on again. Uh, kind of once starts things start changing, maybe you guys announce some yeah, a few more vehicles or the Why not? Yeah. exactly the industry changes a little bit. No, we'd love to have you on um, maybe later on in the year and again, kind of give some more insight to our clients. But and hopefully, Mike, and hopefully, better interest rates at the time. Hey, Kim, we just got too. A, I, I'm sure everybody heard. We just had a bit of a hike. Let's hope that this is the highest hike they've had. Fingers crossed that either we just kind of um, mellow out at this point. But I just yeah. uh, let's like I like I said at the end of the day, it, we can't control the interest, but we can control the payment, right? Yes. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, anyways, guys, thank you guys for tuning in to the episode this week. Again, we appreciate Kim uh, jumping on. We will be linking all of her social media uh, in the bios to all the sites that we're on, streaming services and YouTube. Um, And then again, once we post the actual episode, we'll be posting her Instagram and everything like that. So if you guys are ever in the market to buy a new vehicle and you guys are in the London area, definitely check out Kim. Um, But until next week, guys... Thank you guys for watching or listening, and we'll check you guys next week.